one ever thanked Hashem before Leah. I take this opportunity to thank the Rav. The Rav came and spoke by our kolal. It was one of the most, uh, one of the best uh, presentations we have. We have Rabbanim come every month. It was a very big inspiration, so I'm glad. It wasn't about the best. Uh, I'm glad that I can, I don't know if it's called paying back, you know. They say by a, by a shower box, you have to have two drushes. Why? Because if you're nene from a surah's chasen, then there's chamesha koilas. So um, the person speaking is nana, but the person who's listening is not. So he has to at least listen to one drasha. But the point is like this. The point is that Leah was the first person ever to thank Hashem. And it's astounding. Like, what? Avram Avinu never said thank you? Like, when his mother, right, she was... But, you know, when she would give him a gla- like some milk, um, then she wouldn't say thank you? He wouldn't say thank you? Like, that seems like not... Um, so nice. So that's that's the question I'm going to start off with. And I said I'm going to give you three mahalchem how to get rid of all um, your problems. And some people here were at the last drush I gave, so I can't say the same thing I said there. So I'll think of some new ideas. But um, before I tell you that, I'm going to share with you a story that happened to me um, 30 years ago. That I was um, my daughter had just been born. And um, I was going to buy food for Kiddush. And I woke up being wheeled into Hadassah and Karim Hospital. I was on a stretcher and I couldn't see. My face was covered with blood. And as they were wheeling me in, right, um, they told me like this. They said, you have nothing to worry about. You're in the best hospital in Israel. And that's when I really got worried. Um, so uh, they told me like what had happened basically that as I, was, there was a, as I was crossing the street, there was a driver in the wrong lane. He was about to hit a bus. And instead of doing that, he made a quick turn and he hit me, threw me in the air, landed on my head. And then I was not run over by a truck, but pretty close. Um, and uh, they thought on the spot that I was dead. And Baruch Hashem, they pronounced me dead, but it was a mistake. It happens sometimes. And the doctor told my wife, he said, uh, your husband will either die or he'll be a vegetable the rest of his life. So that was obviously very consoling to a new uh, mother. But um, they did a CAT scan and nothing was wrong, Baruch Hashem, uh, except I broke most of the bones of my body. But aside from that, I felt great. And um, no permanent brain damage, or at least that's what it seems. My wife might say differently. But the point is like this. The point is that from that experience, I really think I understood a little bit what Leia, why Leah was the first one ever to Hashem. I'm just going to make a bracha because like, it seems like I've been traveling for like 48 hours. Okay. So what I'd like to share with you is like this. That the Pasuk says, The question is that the Aswana says all of the emos who are current. They're all barren. So how is it that, Ash- that Leah had children right away? So the Pasuk answers, Now, that's also a very hard Pasuk. That Snua Leah, it doesn't go with the Tzadi. We're talking that Snua with the sin. And that means that Yaakov hated Leah. Now, it doesn't mean like she used to like, ah, oh, Leah, you know, even though it was a hard marriage because he got tricked into marrying her, right? It says that Rahul was under the bed, you know, making noise. Um, but the point is, is that it wasn't his first choice to marry uh, Leah. He was tricked. And so when, when Leah would walk in, oh, good morning, Leah. Ah, Rachel, you know, it's so great to see you. 
So Leah detected that and she was in pain. And because of that, even though she was barren, Hashem opened up her womb right away and let her have children. So that's, um, in that schos, the Sparno says, in that schos she had children right away and she had half the shvatim, yeah? Because she suffered. She suffered, she had a difficult life being married to Yaakov, even though, uh, obviously, to be married to Yaakov is something special, but it just makes it worse. If you're married to Yaakov Avinu and you're second, you know, a clear second, that's very, very, um, very hard for Leah. So she, that's, based on that, I um, would like to suggest that that is what, um, that's really what the uh, Gemara means. That she was the first one to thank Hashem, because she thanked Hashem for things that look bad. Yeah, thank Hashem for things that look bad. And um, there's actually a book written about that here. I have it here tonight. Thank you, Hashem, when things are bad. That's the third thing I'm going to tell you about getting rid of your problems. We have two things before that. And Leia Menu was the first person ever to thank Hashem for things that were bad because she understood, why did I have more children than everyone else? She knew that she was barren. She had more children than everyone else. She thanked Hashem because she understood that because she was snua, she was zolcha to children before everyone else and more children than everyone else. She understood that in that seemingly bad experience was something really, really good. And that's a very, very powerful recognition. Um, can I have a Mishra Baruch Yelik Beis? Yeah. So that's, that's the first step. That's the first step. The first step is that Le'imenu was the first one ever to thank Hashem because she thanked Hashem. For sure, Avram Avinu and Yitzhak, their, Yaakov, their order was Shevach, right? Shevach. They praised Hashem. They, Avram Avinu was the first one to call Hashem. Adon, the Gemara says, yeah, but Leia Meinos Chiddush was the Hodor for Hashem. Hodor really, uh, Rav Hutner said, Hodor is from Lashem to be moded, to admit. And she admitted that even though it seemed really terrible, but something really, really good, um, really, really good came, came out of that, right? And in fact, what Leia Meinu, right, it was even worse actually, I'll tell you the truth, because the Medra says, the Gemara actually, Babasra, the Gemara says that um, Leia. Uh, sorry, um, right, Lovan had two children, right, Rachel and Leah, and then there was um, two children for Yitzch- Yitzchak, Yaakov and Esav. So the, the two go to the two, right? They used to say that on the crossroads at the Parsha Drachim. Oh, you know, you heard uh, Yitzchak had two sons and, and Lovan had two daughters, so there's going to be a Shidduch. Uh, Leah's going to marry Esav and... Um, Rachel's going to marry uh, Yaakov. So, like, her whole life she was crying. It says, Ene Leia Rachos, because imagine getting married to Asaph. That's not such an easy, um, easy uh, Shalom Bayez situation to work with. But Leia had a really hard life. She thanked the Kodesh Baruch Hu for that. And Leia's recognition was, is brought down a Lachlamaisa. Yeah, in Shulchan Aruch, Reish Lamed Sifhei, the, um, there's a whole section here on Yilchus Brachos, which ends off with Birkus, um, uh, Ria, Agav. Um, after my accident, I had a very interesting encounter. You know, um, I had I made a big point in my life to make Ksharim with different rabbanim, and my friend Nachman Selter wrote this book, which I don't have any copies here of, but Encounters with Greatness. One actually I have um, about my encounters with different rabbanim, and Lamaisa, um, and. Um, it, one of my uh, first encounters 
was with Rosh Hashanah Orbach. And I went to ask him after his accident. I said, Rebbe, I passed by this place where the accident happened. Do I make the bracha of Sh'asli Neitz B'makam Hazeh? The bracha of Sh'asli Neitz B'makam Hazeh. It's, one, it's in Sermon Reishad Ches. Yeah? Reishad Ches. It says here, in Sephei, it says, Mi Sh'aslo, oh, that's Sif, actually one Sif Dalit. It says, Haroi Makam Sh'nasu Neitz L'yachid Einim Vrach. Aval Hu Atzmo Vrach Sh'asli Neitz B'makam Hazeh. If, if someone sees a place where I had a miracle, they don't make a bracha. But for me, I make the bracha of Shosh Neis Malkamazah. So I asked Roshon Lazam and Arbach, I said, uh, do I make a bracha on the place where I get hit by a car? So I was like, this is a no-brainer, you know. They pronounced me dead. So he said, no, no. Like, he was a comedian, uh, Shon Lazam, and he just didn't let it out so often. But he saw, you know, that I was very, with my hands. So I showed him with my hands again, but I was throwing the air and the head truck. So he said, no, no, that's not an ace. So I asked him, so what's an ace? So he was 83 years old at the time. He jumped on He said, the lion jumps on top of you. That's an ace. So it was very interesting because afterwards I made a kesher with his son, Rebbe Zeril Orbach. I read a column with his every week in the Yated with him. And I asked him, do I make the bracha? He said, of course. It's like a lion jumping on top of you. you know? The exact <laughs> opposite of his father. So I told him, his father said he laughed. He thought it was funny. But that's the idea here. The idea here is, oh, a nace, really a nace. So, but then I asked Rosh Hashanah another question. I said, but I feel it was a nace. And if you have a nace, you have to change your life. Hashem kept you alive. It's for a reason. He said, for sure. Hashem kept you alive. It's for a reason. So I said, so what's the reason? Okay, now like the whole, you know, Ruach HaKodesh with Rav Chaim uh, thing. But um, he said, there's some reason. Just do something and Hashem will show you. And Baruch Hashem, I, I started writing a sefer on the bracha of Shosli Nase because I wanted to prove that he was wrong. Not Chas wrong. But that perhaps there was another way to view this. And I actually, I told Rebbe Yashu what happened and he almost fainted. You know, people see pictures of Yashu, it's like, it looks very, but he was the most edel person on planet Earth. He was like, just, he was like, very, very edel. And when I told him the story, he almost fainted. Like, he just heard, he said, of course you make, Nace, he was like, oh, he almost fainted. And everyone I said thought it was an ace. But anyway, the interesting thing is, the end of that story, is that um, I didn't know what to do. Because four years, I saw the place every day. And these brachas you only make once every 30 days. It's a Birkis Aria, once every 30 days. But then I left the yeshiva I was learning by Yerushi Kuzlevsky. And now I had a child. What am I going to do? So I had to go back to the neighborhood for a doctor's appointment. I didn't know what to do. I was in a koilal that night, and I opened up a safe, and it says exactly what you're supposed to do. Anyone know? What do you do if you have a Suffolk in, Suffolk in Brachos? What do you do? What? Uh, that's one Eitzah. But this Sefer, which was the Chesed Lavram, Chidor's grandfather, he says like this, he says, you read the Shulchan Aruch with Shem Hashem. If it's a Bracha, then it's a Bracha. If it's not a Bracha, it's learning. So, it was very interesting, because by Rav Victor Miller's Levaya, I was... I saw Rav Svikoshlaska, I got in a taxi with him and I told him this whole spiegel to her. He says, I don't agree with it, this whole thing, you say a thing, bro. That's Brachla Vatala. You can't just make a, read the Shokharach and say it's Brachla. Well done. He said, you know what? He said, I was there, I saw you. He said, if Shokharach was there, he said, it was an ace. Like, there's nothing to talk about. I saw, like, I had a pen which was, like, like bent in half. It was, like, a stick metal pen. Anyway, but that's the side point. The side point is, is that I understood now what Leia was saying. Because Leia was saying that can't just thank Hashem for good things. It's called motive and mixus. Motive and mixus, a tiny, right? 
Because if I only thank Hashem when things are good, so there was a guy named um, Murphy. You heard this guy? In Israel, they have what's called Chok Murphy, Murphy's Law. And they always ask me, Ah, Merikayim Gam? Chok Murphy? What do you mean? We made it up. You think it's Israeli? Murphy? That's not. That's Irish, right? But the point is, is that things do go wrong. And if you only get thank Hashem when it's good, then a lot of time you won't be thanking Hashem. Like you miss a plane, and then after I miss the plane, so I get to Newark, and the, uh, the car breaks down on the highway, and okay, like all these things, but it's all good. If you have this secret tool in your back pocket, which is Simon Reish Lamed, so hey, I'm reading to you just in case you don't believe me. It includes missing a plane, and it also includes um, cars breaking down on the highway when you have to get to the other airport. All of those things are included. Every single thing that you could possibly think of, like the worst possible thing you can think of, it's all included. It's all good. Yeah? That's what the halach is telling you. So, and you're supposed to express that, rogil, like a lot of times, every single day. Right? And sometimes days just like go really bad. Um, so this is a very, very powerful tool. This is one very, very powerful tool to keep in your back pocket. Now, this Shabbos, I was in Ramat Beit Shemesh, and I was speaking in a, in a, um, in a Sephardi shul. So instead of getting a Mishnah Brah, I took a Kafachayim. And I, do you have a Kafachayim here? you have a Kafachayim? I'm sorry, I hate to bother them. because I don't get the Kafachayim? Yeah. Because, like, I never, like, I have to tell you, I've given thousands of shirim on this topic, and I never saw this. It's like a massive Chiddush um, in the Kafachayim. Because the problem is that this halacha only helps you for things that already happened, right? So it's only going to work on the other, right? But so that kind of gives you like a limited outlook on things, right? Everything that already happened is good. What about the things that will happen? Now I was one, I was on the beach last summer and I met Roshim Galoy. Anyone know Roshim Galoy? You've heard of him? Roshim Galoy. He's one of the up and coming, if not present, gedolim in, in Eretz Israel. And Baruch Hashem, my, my, my son reads the Aten Neman. I mean, not Baruch Hashem, maybe he shouldn't. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, this is good, thank you. So he met him. And I asked him this question. I said, like, how do you do this? You know, like, I just got run by a car. I should say, how do I do this? So he told me in a few words, like, the secret. He said, um, you have to realize that every single thing that happens is Hashem's infinite chesed. In other words, Hashem thinks through Adasov. You know, he's going to hit by a car or miss your plane or, um, you know, car breaking down or sickness. My Rebbe Rav Rebbe said there's four major uh, things and everyone has one of them. Either Panasa health, Shalom bias, or children. And, but Hashem, in His infinite wisdom, picks these situations that, that's exactly good for you. That time. Somehow there's chest there. But anyway, this Shabbos I was in Me'am Lo'e Shul in Ramah Beit Shemesh, and I pulled out a Kafachayim to read this halacha, and I saw on the bottom, Dvarim Nefloyim, he brings here. It's in Sif Cotton Chof Aleph here in the Kafachayim. He says, eh, he says, V'zeh asha'avar, v'al'asid rogel l'shon al-omar, v'hatov b'necha aseh. Whatever is good in your eyes should be done. So I said, like, this is incredible. On the past, we have Koma David. On the future, tov b'necha aseh. So every single thing in your life Past, present, and future is all good. Yeah? And this is what Rev Galoy was saying. If you live your life with this perception, with this tfisat, the chayim, it's, <coughs> excuse me, I've just been wearing a mask for like 24 hours. Like it's halacha mushim. You see on the plane, if you put it below your nose, you know, it's 
It's like, you know, what is a chuta sikra on this bath? It has to be exactly, you know. Anyway, so for 24 hours I'm wearing a mask to get choked. But the point is like this. The point is, is that your life is so different. And I saw in the Sefer, uh, maybe you heard of it, Lukuti Maran, Taradal there. He says, if you live your life like this, you're living in all of Abba. And it's really, actually, let me consider, consider, uh, one over here. We say it every day in Shema, we might not even realize it. When we say every day in Shema, like, there's an amazing line. And just like one day I realized that this is what we're saying. And the, what we're saying is that really, if you have all of in this world, because it says, if you, if you listen to everything in the Shema, it says like this, um, What does that mean? It means you can have in this world. You can have in this world. And that's what Lukuti um, says, that you could have it if you live your life with this tfisa, with this perception. No matter what happens to you, it could be terrible, awful, um, tragic, you know, all the things. Now, of course, you don't tell this. You know, you don't tell people. It's all good. But for ourselves, if we live with this perception, no matter what happens, it's going to be, it's going to be good. We're going to be happy. Right? And I saw the Akdam and the Zohar says, Hashem purposely brings us difficult situations because He wants us to have complete love of Him, what the Zohar calls Rechima Shlema. Because Hashem doesn't want fair-weathered friends. He wants complete love, so it brings us very difficult situations. So we show we don't just love Hashem when it's good. Love Hashem is bad, and that's that's complete and total love, right? That's it. Okay, so that's one thing. How to get rid of your problems is Koma David Rachman or or um, or Hatov Beinecha Aser, and then everything is good, infinite. Goli said infinite. The other thing here is now I'm going to give out some cards they had made before I came here. Um, and give out these cards. Um, let's see. Can I just pass these out? Now, this is uh, my primary rebbe for 18 years. It was with Shlomo Brevda, that's how. And we were having big time, big time Yisurim. And I would go to him frequently and tell him. And one day I just said, Rebbe, I just can't take it anymore. It's like one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. What should I do? So he says to me like this. He says, come back tomorrow. I'll have the answer to all your problems. He tells me. I'm like, what is this going to be? And it was very, very smart. Rebbe was a very, very smart person. He, he gave me 24 hours to think about like, What could it possibly be? Made it much more chashim in my eyes. What he was going to tell me. And actually... Um, if you look here, there's two tefillahs. And the one, he, he wrote both, he wrote a number of tefillahs for us, but we put on this card, right? Two tefillahs. And the one on the left, he wrote me, he said, oh, I came back next day, he said, the answer to your problems is tefillahs. Tefillah. I'm going to write you a special tefillah. And he said, I promise you things are going to get much better. But kachaya, right? We started saying this tefillah. It was much longer because of uh, personal things. But it's really based on the building going, Mishlei. It's also Medrash and Shalach, right? The Medrash says, the Klai Yisrael, the Medrash gives a, a mushroom, an analogy of um, Klai Yisrael at the Yamsuf. What was it like? It says a story about a king who was passing through his kingdom and he heard a woman screaming, a princess, and he saved her. And because the scream was so beautiful to his eyes, to ears, to hear the sound, the voice of this woman. 
And he brought her back to the palace and she didn't speak. So what did he do? So he called, he looked on, he Googled www.ganov.com, he got them. He got the guys to come back and they did the same thing. And she screamed. So says the Medrash, Hashem put Klai Yisrael back in Sakana by Bayamsov. He enjoyed their tefillahs and Mitzrayim. He put them back so they would daven again. So, so Rebbe told me from Chatzik Levenstein, he said, sometimes Hashem puts us into difficult situations because he wants us to daven for us. You know, we think you have a tzara, so you daven. But really, you need to daven so you have a tzara. Right? Hashem wants our tefillahs. So Hashem gives us really, really very strong tzaras. But if we daven to Hashem, Right, properly, yeah. Roshim Pinkus once told me from the Chavetz Chaim. He said 90% of the Chavetz Chaim's eights was tefillah. He said, and <coughs> he said if we be mocked them tefillah tzor, we wouldn't need the tzor. Because the tzor is to bring us to a level of amuna. But if you bring yourself there, you don't need the tzor. Yeah. So this is what Rebbe told us. This was on the left side was the tefillah he wrote for that during that time. On the right side was a special tefillah when my daughter was in the Shadukim, which we had some big Anisiyonis in there, right? Um, there's also, if you watch the latest share by Travis Halak prenups video, the Night Sands of Mashiach, that could be very interesting if you have some time of while you're pizza cleaning. But in any event, the point is like this. The point is, so I told him to say three, Mahalkam, how to get rid of all your tzaras. And number one is, Koma David Rachman Latovavid, and Tovbe Necha Aseh, Right, everything is good, so you don't have any more by definition. Number two is to know that a lot of stars come because of tefillah. Hashem wants our tefillahs, so be mocked them to the tzara, like the Chavetz Chaim said. That's number two, right? And number three is a chiddush that I had. Take another drink, my voice is so hoarse, I'm sorry. And number three is a chiddush that I had, and I saw later on that the Svas Emma says it, yeah. Right? Lamaisa by Kurbanos, by Kurbanos, why do we say Kurbanos? The Gorontan says that we don't have a base of English, so we learn the partial Kurbanos, that's like you brought Kurbanos. So I said, no, maybe we can say the same thing by Tsaras. If you learn about Tsaras, is as if you had Tsaras. That was my Kiddush. So I went to our Shatan, was Rav David Koyin, at Rosh Yivin Chevron, and he said, it's not Mukhach, it's Mustaver. It could be. So um, I tried it out. I, I was. Um, I gave a shear for a number of years <coughs> on Kol Hashan about thanking Hashem when things were bad about Tzaras. And Baruch Hashem, our, our situation got much better. Kaste Hashem. Um, and then I started doing it on turning time. But then I wanted to take it one step further. And I'm going to finish with this because I was told that 30 minutes is a good time to speak at, close to Pesach. That um, I was like this, finish like this. That... I'm very big into Shemush because, you know, I'm trying to teach people to be poskim. And, like, Psak is much more than just knowing the halacha. You know, what this one says and that one says. Of course, you have to learn the Sugibiyin, the Gemara, the Rishonim, Torah, Beisil, the Shekharach, the Tshuvas. But, Lamaisa, you have to have a rub who's going to, number one, set you straight in Svara, right? And number two, tell you the Midag. I once, I asked when they had this big rally in Eretz Israel, they got many hundreds of thousands of people together. Like we had a couple weeks ago by Rav Chaim's Leviah, they said there were 700,000 people. It's a special bracha you make when you see 600,000 Jews. So I asked Rav Israel, do we make this bracha? He said, I don't have Shemush in that. Yeah? And we understood that every other issue, he had Shemush from his father, Shlomo Zaman, or his father-in-law, Rav Yashiv. Yeah. So you need to have Shemush because 
It's more, it's more than just a lacha. Number one is the minog, and number two is like how the application of lacha. You really need shimush, you know, for that. So, um, and but part of it is seeing the Torah being mislabish on an autumn gadol. You see, like the Torah is not just like information, but it becomes part of their personality. That's also a big kalik of of shimush. So I sat down with one of my uh, students, um, and we decided. We're going to take the divrei chazal that have to do with, um, with de- dealing with difficulties and put it into a book of a, a shiva bacher who is experiencing these saras and or very bad saras and how do you deal with it in real life and how do you get direction from gedolim when you see someone else going through the experience it makes it much more real and you see how he's being helped by anashim gedolim to deal with his um, deal with the saras and that's a fulfillment of learning about Saras, and we found afterwards, the Svas Emma says in Parsh's book, right, I forgot which year it is, but it's in the end of the book here, that this is the reason why the Torah of the Parsh of Shovim, of um, Shovim, taught, because there's three things you need to serve for, Torah, Olam, Havim, and Israel, and you can be Yoitzi, those you serve by learning the Parshas of Shovim. So, Lomaisa, that's uh, a Makor for this idea, and so by learning about this, by learning this book, or Washing the Shirem, you could really be Makayim this din. And again, I think it's Pashat, right? Because you could either suffer or you could bring yourself to an emotion, uh, an, an, uh, a mental understanding that that's where Hashem wants you to get to. Because Hashem is infinitely merciful, like, like Rabbi Goloy said. You bring yourself to the understanding and you don't need to start anymore. Same thing with Parshat Amman, right? I'm saying Parshat Amman for 25 years. And um, by a recent chasen, uh, we gave it out, right? That was Levi's um, chasen, right? We gave out the Parsha Amman book. Um, and the idea of a time Parsha Amman is, it's not like a magic trick. You say, some sukkim and you get money. The shot is, is that if you bring yourself to a kara, then you don't need the soyin as much from the Parnasa problem. So same type of idea. Learning Torah about a certain Indian can bring you to um, the same thing that difficulties can do. So it's much better to learn about it from the Torah, you know, perspective than, um, than to actually suffer because people don't enjoy suffering. It's really very painful, especially getting run over by a car. As I said before, that uh, one of my relatives said, I mention you in Tefillah every day. I said, what do you say? I said, Rabbi Travis, if you want something, no, sorry, Hashem, if you want something from me, let it be less painful than Rabbi Travis had to go through because you don't want to get run over by a car to um, thank Hashem. Had to do with the right thing in life. You know, in short, I'm saying like this, three ways they can make your life into Olam Haba. You can have Olam Haba in this world. Number one is through these two halachas of the second one, the Kafa Chaim brings him a quote from Abena Manoach. I looked it up um, in the Rambam. I mean, Hilos Brachos, the end of Hilos Brachos. Yeah. With these two tefillahs, like all the time, Everything is good. And you're living like constantly, state of everything is good. Number two, he said, it's feeling and he gave out those cards. And you say it right before at the end of Shimon Esrei, right? right at the end of Shimon Esrei, before you take three steps back, make a bakasha, yeah? It's better than by the say not say he wrote something very feet. Okay, it's Machlobus Ramon, but according to the Gon, it's better not say it. It's still included in your tefillah, unless you have to say Kaddish or Kedusha. But, Daven for what you need, and then um, say that tefillah. 
And the essence of Rebbe Rebbe's tefillah is, um, if you look at it, is that it's rachamim, right? It's rachamim, right? <coughs> we think that we deserve everything to be fine and great, but we're not worthy of it, right? And rachamim. The Gro writes in Mishlei that it feels rachamim l'olam lochazaras reikam. If you ask rachamim, because if you ask, there's two types of tefillahs, emes and rachamim. Emes is only Yaakovin who can ask for emes, because we don't have the rough tzchuyos. But rachamim we can answer, we can ask for, because Hashem wants us to ask for rachamim. That was number two. And number three is um, to learn about, oh yeah, we mentioned that these two shirim, very interesting shirim, about prenups and the 19 signs of Mashiach that are here, just by pressing this thing. I don't know anything about technology, but if you like zap this, so you can, um, they don't let us have iPhones in Israel because they think uh, that they're all trafe. But someone asked Rabbi Israel Arbach, he said, if I find an iPhone on Shabbos, like, do I have to smash into a million pieces? So he said, no, because, you know, maybe person has a hetero, but look, uh, you know, in the Rabbanim, everyone has to know, like, it's, Eretz Israel is different than here, you know? The Rabbanim made a getter for everybody, and my personal theory is like this, is that uh, 89% of the population will have no problem with it, but there's a 10 to 20% part of the population that just can't deal with it. Like the guy who called me up, right? He made a netter not to um, look at improper internet sites he would give $100 every time it happened. It looked at 2000 in two days. He had a filter. He just took it off. Right? So I said, no problem. You know, $200,000. We'll break it in half. And then, he said, but I don't have $180. Okay. So he found a header to learn um, two hours a day. Night Seder. The Rabbanu were Mavat Lunetar. That's not the point. The point I want to bring out, not about iPhones, is about um, dealing with um, dealing with Yisraim. And uh, learning about Yisraim, if you learn about it, you need to have it, yeah? And it's 29 minutes and 56 seconds, so give me two seconds left to pitch this book. Um, so we wrote this book, Yedidya, and we took the Divri Chazal, and we put it into a story, and it's really like a very, very interesting uh, book. I believe that the writer is one of the most talented writers in Kalah I didn't actually write it, it was my ideas and her uh, writing. But it's a really, really interesting story. I just read number two today, which is about marriage, and that's like really very, very interesting. Um, but it's only the first draft. But the point is that if you read this book, then you're Yotzi, the Svas Emes, I believe at least, and um, others, Gedolim, agreed as well, that you're Yotzi, the Indian, as if you had Yisurim by learning about it. It brings you to a different perspective, and then you need the Yisurim much less. So um, I encourage everyone to buy this book. Not just because I'm selling it, but I think it's a good uh, book to buy. And um, uh, I'll autograph anybody who wants to purchase it. I wish everyone a Chag Kosher Sameach. And it's such a uh, pleasure to be here in Cincinnati, to see the Rav and my brother and the whole Sibor here. Shav Nachas and Bracha and Siyad Shmai and everything you do. And again, he said, Koma um, David, uh, right? Tomeachse. Tefillah, right, this card, you have it. Um, and I asked her brother, can I print it? He said, it's patented. It's patented. <laughs> I was joking. But um, it's Kedai, really, to say it. Um, in Shimon really You have to believe it, though. You have to believe that you don't deserve anything. It's all Rachman. That's number two. And number three, learning about Yisurim, which could be Yotzi with this uh, book, I believe. And, of course, there's other things. When you get to the end of the book, it gives you the option to write in and get... I think I have a whole long piece I wrote about uh, that. Uh, you can receive it by writing back. 
And everyone again should have a Chag Kushim Smeach. And um, um, I encourage everyone to buy this book, as does my mother. You know, my mother has like hundreds of copies now. Oh, they're back here. Sign them. Every time we sell one, she's really happy, as my wife is as well. So thank you very much for listening. And you should all have Shalva and Rogan. Yeah.